Thanks so much for listening to Culture Proof. I'm Miki. And I'm Will. And Todd Hampson is back with us for a part two as we talk about end times and Bible prophecy. Todd is a speaker, illustrator, and prolific writer. And he hosts a podcast called The Prophecy Pros. It's easy for me to say easier for him to host along with Jeff Kinley. And we want to encourage you to check that out. We'll put links in the show notes so that you can familiarize yourself with this information. We feel like there's a lot happening right now and parents have a lot of questions. One of the big questions that we got was how do you talk to your little kids about what is going on in Israel? Like Mm. kids are aware that there's something happening. They're aware when parents are anxious, you know what I mean? And so the question is, how do we do it? One of the things that I suggested was that we don't start with the war. One of the things that we should do is start with just building a foundation of Bible literacy where we just read with our kids through the scriptures. And so we want to talk about starting there, but incorporating Bible prophecy and understanding how it's different from, say, something like a prediction or somebody just having a thought about something that might happen. Um, Todd, as we get back into um, talking about Bible prophecy, tell our listeners a little bit more about your ministry and why ministry to children is also important to you. Yeah, super important. My, my youngest is now a freshman in college, so I'm a little mm. past the early years, but we, we homeschooled during the early years. Wow. When I say we, I mean, really, it was mostly my wife. Um, <laughs> I know how that is. <laughs> I was working, <laughs> but I supported, and, and we, we kind of pre-decided before we even got married, like, hey, especially when they're little, let's, let's have you stay home with them. I think there's not everybody can do it, but mm. almost everybody can if you plan ahead a little bit. And are That's intentional. right. Yeah. I think that that early time with where a mom can spend porn into her kids yes. and where the family's central and all that just does so much. And I'm seeing that now. I have a 23-year-old, a, a 20, almost 22-year-old and an 18-year-old, and they're thriving and they they're mm. just they just have this firm foundation, not because of me, but because we did things God's way. Praise, Praise God. God. Im, Im, imperfectly, we mess yes. up plenty of times, which everybody <laughs> does, but they feel secure. They know their relationship with the Lord is solid, whole nine yards. They know- Amen mom and dad are, are, are going to be together. And uh, I always told the kids when, I, when we were little, hey, if mom ever leaves me, I'm going with her. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> I like that. We, we, we let them know in, in kid, and this will lead into the question you asked, we let them know in kid-friendly ways, hey, we're, we're in this for the long haul. Your, mm. your mom and dad are going to be here. Um, you know, because on, on more than one occasion, we'd have one of our kids come home, hey, my so-and-so best friend, their parents are splitting up. Mm. And then uh, inevitably the question would come up, are you and mom ever going to split up? They start, mm. their wheels start turning. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's the same thing with Bible prophecy. I think we, we train them, like you said, train them up in the word. We let them know of God's sovereignty, that God is in control. Uh, we read uh, stories from the Bible and from maybe missionaries lives or other key figures in church history who who did have to face really difficult things, but show, but show them how God was at work, even in those difficult moments. That way you're building into them this idea that, okay, we, we may have to face some tough things, but we have the faith that can weather that stuff. We, mm. we know we can trust God. We know he's got our back no matter what. So I think really focusing on, on heavily on God's character, especially when there's something scary going on in the world, mm-hmm. like what we're seeing right now, when kids ask those questions, I, it's not that you don't answer the question, but you don't focus on the scary part. You focus on God's character, that God has a plan. You know, I often say we have a we have an uh, empty tomb to look back on, 
an occupied throne to look up to, up to and a perfect future to look forward to. Amen. So if we can, if we can force them or not force them, but encourage them to <laughs> consider those things in mm -hmm. the midst of what's going on. And as you mentioned, they're definitely mirrors of us. So mm -hmm. if they see us freaking out, uh, they're going to freak out as well. So that puts the, the pressure on us as leaders to be in God's word ourselves, to trust God ourselves, to, to demonstrate in front of them when we're facing a difficult circumstance that we, that we're still trusting God with the outcome that we know we trust him. And we, like Job said, even if he kills me, mm. I'm still going to trust him. Yes. Um, so when they see that type of faith lived out in front of them imperfectly, none of us are going to do it perfectly, but if we're intentional about it, I think that builds a resilience in them and, and gives them more hope than fear. Uh, and then lastly, if we do, depending on their age, of course, if they are studying anything about revelation or the end times, we focus on the hopeful stuff first that God, you know, Jesus, you know, Jesus is the coming King. He's Amen. in control of everything. He's, he's, he's nothing to be afraid of. He's well, not for us anyway, Amen. Um, right. <laughs> but we can, we can couch it in those terms and not focus so much on the scary stuff that freaks them out. And then, and I often also encourage people wait till they ask you questions and pay attention to the question and just give them what they need at the moment. Like, if a, a kid, I heard a story of a kid that came up and said, um, dad, where do babies come from? And the dad starts sweating and he's thinking about what in the world. And then all the kid wanted to know is God made them. They came from God. You know? <laughs> so, so don't, don't go overboard. Yeah. yeah. Don't, you don't necessarily have to unpack, you know, every little nuance, but just give them what they need at the moment with the attitude of you're pointing them to God's character and that everything is going to be all right. When mm. all said and done, we're going to be in a perfect place. And everything, even stuff we don't understand right now is going to make perfect sense. Amen. Wow. Let's talk about some of the resources that you guys have available to families and, you know, parents may want to read through some of the resources mm -hmm. with their kids. That's the first part. But then I want to do a second half as you kind of talk about this. Were these produced or written as a response to questions or a need that you saw? A little bit of both. I, honestly, um, for the books as, in general, I had a burden, I'd say around 2012 or 2011, somewhere around that time frame, where I, where I was burdened with the idea that most churches were no longer talking about Bible prophecy and the world was going crazy. Uh, and I noticed a lot of believers were fearful, were struggling with anxiety and all kinds of stuff like that. And I was just kind of wondering in my head, why is nobody talking about Bible prophecy anymore? I mean, I get it. I, I know there were some weird movies and books and all that, the stuff we talked about in the last episode. But it's in the Bible. Why aren't pastors talking about it? You know, yeah. why aren't you know why aren't people leading with this in a biblical way so that people don't get misled by sensationalism or scoffing? On the other hand, so mm. so I just honestly, God just gave me a burden. And actually, I had a so my first book was called The Nonprofit's Guide to the End Times, and it, I had to really jump over a lot of hurdles for everyday believers to kind of show them this is not some sensational weird thing yes this is in in your bible that you carry around and that sits on yourself you know uh and a good friend of mine reminded me just the other day he said hey todd remember when you were thinking about writing that first book and you were like man i don't want to be seen as the tin tinfoil hat end times guy <laughs> but I, I see this need he goes how are things going now? And I said, you know what? I said, you hit the nail on the head. God knew before I did mm. what the need was going to be because the past couple of years, more and more mainstream Christians are coming to Jeff and I and coming to the podcast and wanting to know what does the Bible say about yes. the end times? So when the, when the, when the world gets shaken a little bit, 
people start to really dig in and wonder what the Bible says about the end times. So I think, you know, God, God always prepares the way when he, he knows what's coming, you know? Yeah. And on the children's ministry side, um, I have a company called Timbuktoons where we produce animation. We've been producing children's ministry content since 2003, believe it or wow. not. Wow. Okay. So that, that's my background is, yeah, we used to get all the children's ministry conferences and we had these DVDs with these goofy little cartoons and stuff. <laughs> Um, so my, my passion, of course, my kids were young at the time. So I had a really vested interest to teach Bible on a kid's level, but that has stuck with me. And that's still part of my passion. I have one of my books I was able to do is specifically for teaching kids the basics of Bible prophecy without scaring them to death. Yes. Okay. So let's, let's pick up there then let's, let's talk about some of the things that you think kids need to know about end times and how do we deliver that information without scaring them to death. <laughs> yeah. I think we teach it to them theologically first. You know, we, we, when we're teaching Old Testament, hey, here's a period of the prophets. We tell them who the prophets were. That's one main thing in, in my book I did there for kids. Here are the prophets. They were preaching an immediate message to their immediate context that their country needed to turn back to God. But also they gave prophecies of the far distant future, that there's a future time when the whole world is being called to turn back to God or God was going to have to set things straight. And I think too, we, we teach it theologically in the sense that we teach it. It's just part of your salvation. There's a past present and future aspect of our salvation. You know, our, our salvation was secured in the past when Christ died on the cross and rose from the dead. So we, that's when we, we were saved when we put our faith in that right now we're being saved as we grow in Christ, we're being saved from the power of sin in our lives. We're being saved from, you know, the, the grip that sin has on us, we're becoming more like Christ. And then one day we will be saved from the very presence of sin. When, when we're raptured, I think the rapture is a beautiful thing to talk to kids about. Mm -hmm. and, and if we talk about it, it takes the weirdness out of it. Yes. If we say, hey, there's this beautiful moment where we're waiting, where, where God himself, Jesus Christ is going to meet us in the clouds and we're going to have superhuman bodies where we can fly and do all this cool stuff. I mean, why not talk up the cool factor, you know? We can, we can travel with the speed of thought. We can, we're going to, when we're in heaven, we're going to be able to, you know, go check out planets and go, go wherever we want, rock climb, yes. fall down, bump our elbow, and it doesn't even hurt, you know? <laughs> yeah. um, so think of it in a kid's, kid, how kids think, but yeah. still teach them the rock solid truth and, and talk about these things in a way that's not scary. And it's something we're supposed to look forward to. And it's the, the fruition, the culmination of our salvation. Mm -hmm. And again, there's, there's always that sensitivity to how old is the child? Where are they in terms of their intellect and their curiosity and all that kind of stuff. So you got to use your, the Holy spirit instinct that's in Amen. you. And of yeah. course the, the mom, moms all have that, that women's intuition about when <laughs> they should and when they shouldn't say stuff. So I often would check with my wife, Hey, uh, what do you think about this? And she'll, she, she was always good about giving me uh, her take. And I'll have to say, don't tell her I said this, but she was right pretty much all the time. So. Of course I'm going to tell her. Of course. Like how in the world there is a mom code that we we have to tell one another. Let me look. Speaking of being led by the Holy Spirit, Todd, so this is how I knew. I mean, I, I suspected that you were led by the Spirit of God, but this is how I knew. Let me tell you how I knew. Okay. So in your book here, this is the Nonprofits Guide uh, to Prophecy for Young People, right? So in your book here that we have... Um, on page 12, you have a little comic here that um, describes the difference between a prediction and prophecy. And <laughs> on the one side, you have that this person is saying, I predict the saints will beat the bears this Sunday. 
<laughs> I knew that flesh and blood did not reveal that to you. Because you must be a Saints fan. Man, who that? <laughs> Being oh, from New awesome. Orleans. Yeah. I told Will the Great, I said, he knows. He knows. That's no, hilarious. I'm kidding. I'm, look, all of that is just a segue into the next question. Go ahead, Todd. You you were gonna well, say something. I was gonna say it must have been the Holy Spirit because to be honest, I don't know why I picked the Saints. I grew up Redskins fan. I'm from DC. That's it. You know, back in the era of you know Joe Gibbs and Jerry. Uh, Green oh, and wow. Art Monk and all those guys. Um, and now, that's that, my now era. that I'm in the South, yeah. that's your era? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Too. That was fun stuff. I, I went to one of the parades after the Super Bowl. Oh, nine wow. Yards. Wow. But, um, and that, but now that I've moved to Georgia and oh. all three of my kids went through UGA, oh. I'm, a, I'm a huge dogs fan. For so I got sure. Another oh, I thought you was going to say Falcons. I was like, oh, no, we got to stop the nah, interview. <laughs> I'm more, yeah, that's right. Do nah, we call I'm, them dirty I'm dogs? Still, I still, <laughs> dirty birds. Dirty birds. <laughs> dirty birds. <laughs> I don't know. I'm, 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 I only married yeah. into this. Yeah. Okay. Like, so that's right. anyways, guilty by association. That's exactly right. That is exactly right. But okay. So, so let me say this then. So this is a great question and a great distinction describing or explaining to our kids the difference between a prediction and prophecy. Yeah. I think that's key, especially because of what's going on in culture. Yeah. The difference to show them the difference between prediction and prophecy and, and show, hey, you know, people read tarot cards and make predictions. People mm -hmm. do palm reader stuff, which by the way is all demonic. So you shouldn't Come mess on. with that anyway. Come on. Um, but they make predictions and they're so generic and they could be right or they could be wrong. One out of every eight might hit. But in the Bible, God said that, that, that a prophet, if he was wrong one time, he was mm. a false prophet. Mm. And in the Old Testament, they even stoned him to death. So Come on. A, a false prophet was a dead prophet. Wow. But just to point out the fact that all prophecy in the Bible has been fulfilled literally and exactly and is very detailed. And then maybe give them a, a few examples. It takes a little bit of study to do that, mm -hmm. but maybe point to the the empires in, in Daniel chapter two and Daniel chapter seven mm. or you know, or even the first coming of Christ when you're talking about Christmas. Hey, did you know there's about 109 distinct prophecies about a Messiah that was going to come? And they were written several hundred years before Jesus came. And when he was a baby and when he was at the cross, all of those were fulfilled. Mm -hmm. So you, you're, you're building in them the, the a faith that they can trust the word of God. Yeah. Uh, at the same time, you're teaching them the difference between prophecy and, and predictions. Predictions are kind of cool. They're fun to do. You see if you're right. You see if you're wrong prophecy was built to give us confidence in God's word and confidence in God's character mm -hmm. so that when we do teach them, Hey, the, the word says, if you repent and ask Christ to be your savior, you're going to be in heaven someday. Yes. That they can believe that yes. because there's a track record that they can point to, or you can point to and say, God always keeps his promises Amen. every single time. Man, Yeah. It's always been cool to me when you read in the old Testament and you see different prophecies throughout the Bible, but like, Say, for instance, the coming of like Josiah was going to be born. You see him named like mm -hmm. way before he was born, you know, <laughs> that this king yeah. was coming and his name would be this. And, you know, mm -hmm. and it just those things are always cool to see. And and, and I think encouraging to, for our children to as be able well, to point it out, to make point the out connections. And say, yeah, that this yeah. was way before time and this is what happened. Yeah. You know, exactly. I, I think that when we are afraid to talk about Bible prophecy, maybe our view of prophecy and the fulfillment of it 
is maybe narrow. You know, maybe mm-hmm. it's because mm-hmm. of the things that we've been taught and we remember how it made us feel. Like, look, I, re- I remember the Left Behind series, okay, and talking about mm-hmm. the end times oh, yeah. because I associated that with prophecy. These are the things that are outstanding. These are the things that are going to happen. I remember the mm-hmm. military green trucks and the rolling into town. It's like, I think it was like shot in the 70s but i remember oh, yeah. watching it i wish and, we'd all been ready oh man <laughs> yeah. you know those are the kinds of things and i'm just going to be 100 transparent and so hopefully mm-hmm. we can talk parents off the ledge in <laughs> discussing bible prophecy those things frightened me todd like i remember yeah. um living in fear we we grew up in new orleans and so there were always hurricanes and so i remember um thinking you know oh, yeah. that sudden like boom oh wait that's okay wait did he put his foot down? Like, is it, is it, is it now? And the fear that I didn't have the assurance that I was going to go back with him, you know, not understanding that. Mm. So I think, and I want you to talk about this a little bit. It's so important for us to give our kids a full picture of the assurance that they have Mm. in in -hmm. Jesus Christ, that they are saved, right? And understanding that they are not appointed to wrath. So they don't have to fear the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. Exactly. Oh, that's so healthy. Yeah. To, to, to show them again, and it, and it ties directly into basic theology of, of your salvation. Mm. If you teach kids the nature of salvation is that Jesus traded your sin for his perfection. Mm. And that like, there's one thing we used to tell I used to tell my kids, especially when they were teenagers, before they kind of went out, I said, listen, no matter what you do, there's, n- there's nothing you could ever do to make me love you anymore. There's nothing you, you could ever do to make me love you any less. Mm. You know, no matter what situation you're in, you know, of course, mm-hmm. I'm praying they don't make any foolish decisions. Right, of course. All yards, but I wanted them to know, even if they messed up, I'm still your dad. I love you. We're mm-hmm. going to we'll get through this. So there's your my love and my acceptance of you is not based on your performance. So if we can model that as a parent and then point to them the fact biblically that mm-hmm. that's what the Bible says. Yeah. He said, I'll as far as the east is from the west, I'll separate your sin from you. It's it's remembered no more. We just keep drilling that into them, the fact that he loves you regardless, you know, but for the joy set before him, he, he endured the cross. When he endured the cross, he saw you because he wanted you to, to get be in heaven with him and be mm. with him for an eternity. So I th- again, it, it, if we just teach biblical theology carefully, which sometimes means we need to learn a little bit of it ourselves, That's right. you know, Maybe there, and we don't have to know at all. It, it can be overwhelming, but start somewhere. Start with an area, and I'm maybe speaking to your parents right now. Start with an area that you're curious about or confused about and say, you know what? That's going to be my goal for 2024. I'm going to figure out what does the Bible say about the rapture? What, are, what exactly is this whole rapture thing? Just bite-sized chunks, but you can't give what you don't have, so That's to right. speak. So you need to be equipped first. And you need to take that seriously. And as long as you're one step ahead of them, you're in good shape. That's right. No, that's, <laughs> that's, you just need to pre-watch it. Just go ahead and watch yeah. it ahead of time so that, you know, well, let me ask you this that's then. It. So, so if someone were to um, accept that challenge and say, you know what, I, I'm, I'm okay, Todd, I heard you. I'm going to do that. Where would you mm-hmm. suggest that we start? Uh, you know, I say, well, <laughs> This is going to sound self-serving, but my book, The Nonprofit's Guide to the End Times, yes, uh, I unpack everything in there from why are there different views, um, what are the different interpretation methods. So, I mean, that that's even when it comes to end time Bible prophecy, that's a place to start. Mm-hmm. You can just do research on your own. What are the four interpretation methods of eschatology and why do they exist? That helps you get clarity to know where certain teachers are coming from 
and it'll help you land on, well, which one is the most biblical? Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, I, I argue heavily for the case that the literal futurist method that God literally says what he means and means what he says mm-hmm. is the way to interpret scripture. It's how we interpret everything else. Um, so that's a pretty easy one for me. But it's good to know what's out there and why why there are different views. Um, just roll your sleeves up and dig into that a little bit. And I always encourage people to do along with that, find a couple trusted voices like the prophecy pros or like you guys. Yeah, yeah. prophecy you know, people pros. People that you know. <laughs> are, are, we're going to send them to are, you. We go, we go <laughs> to the prophecy pros. So we would send people to the prophecy pros. There but go ahead. Go. And, and it's not that we're right every single time on every little minute thing, but we try to stand squarely on what does the Bible say. Amen. So I, I think that's our authority. And that, that's we. That's why a lot of people trust us, because we have no agenda other than we want God to be glorified and people to understand and trust his word uh, and that kind of thing. So, so yeah, figure, kind of figure, have some trusted voices. And also I encourage inductive Bible study. Mm, very like, good. All right, put away the sermons you're hearing for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Just go to... First Thessalonians four and read what it says for yourself about mm. the rapture. Read it slowly, read it several times, write down some observations, write down some questions. As you wrestle with scripture, you'll, 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 you'll find that you start to have more concrete convictions about different aspects. I, that's exactly what I did. I saw, you know, other teachers teaching things and I respected them, but I didn't, it wasn't really mine. I didn't own it until mm-hmm. I dug in there and really, you know, studied it for myself and, and, and wrestled with it and said, well, what, what does this say? How does this link up to this verse over here? So, you know, it is, it is daunting on a large scale to study eschatology from cover to cover, but you got to start somewhere and you can start with the basics. You know, the rapture is a great place to start. Very Mm. good. Just a question for you, just going, kind of going back to what you said about the mark of a true prophet, you know, as the word says, you know, uh, Mm -hmm. (laughs) did it come to pass? You know, did what they say come to pass? Do you believe that there are, uh, true prophecies coming out today, that there are true people who operate in that gift today? Just, just a curious question. That's a that's a great question. And I, we get that question quite a bit. Um, there there are people who believe that and they're brothers and sisters. You know, they're not, I don't say they're not saved, but I personally believe that those sign gifts were completed when the Bible was completed. Uh, not to say God couldn't do anything he wanted. He can heal somebody. He mm-hmm. can uh, you know, he can do whatever he can cause a missionary to understand the language they've never heard. You know, God, yeah. God can do anything he wants. Um, but when it comes to th- those gifts, like the gifts of healing, for example, like if that really is a gift that God gave to people, uh, let's take them into the hospitals. <laughs> let's mm-hmm. go to the hospital and heal some people, you know, oh, but they got to come to you. And can you verify mm-hmm. it? You know, there, there's different yeah. questions about it. So not, not to make fun of that at all. There, there's yeah. some, I have some great friends who are uh, kind of hold that that the, those gifts are still active today, uh, and they're on fire for the Lord, and they're evangelizing whole nine yards. But when it comes to Bible prophecy, like distinct, specific Bible prophecy, mm-hmm. it's not vague like it is now. Like uh, people, you know, bless somebody or encourage somebody. That's totally biblical. But now, when you have like I've seen some YouTube videos of people saying there's a tsunami coming on the West Coast, and there's um, American economy is going to uh, fall apart next spring like all these specific things yeah. and then that passes and nothing happens and they kind of mm-hmm. have an excuse Just for it. Just duck away. Um, right. it, it, it's, it's not biblical. You know, the, the biblical <laughs> model has never changed from the old Testament that a prophet has to be right a hundred percent of the time where they're a false prophet. So if, if that office is still in effect, and then if they say one false prophecy, then you, you, you can't believe them. But like yeah. I said, I believe that 
those gifts, uh, a lot of those signed gifts were finished. They were no longer needed once the Bible was completed. You know, before the Bible was completed, we still needed prophets. We still needed people to, you know, people, the word of God was still being generated. Paul and Peter referred to each other's works as scripture. Amen. So it, it was a different time period. But So let me um, ask you this. Now, Will the Great here has gone and he has opened <laughs> up a totally different track here of Sorry. doctrinal discussion. <laughs> All right. And, I, and I'm mad at him that he did that because this was supposed to be the podcast episode that's for the children. No, you could have controlled yourself. You could have controlled yourself and you didn't you chose not to we can have part so, three part three no. there you go. i apologize to part all three. of the parents who thought they were going to sit down with oh. their littles and and <laughs> anyways we, so i here, guess so here's how we reel it reel it back bring in for it the kids. back in for the kids hey man pick one or two specific fulfilled prophecies and teach them to your kids yes you know? and amen. there's several of them in that in that book and and stuff like that so and and also talking about what the role of a prophet was they were they had a hard gig. I mean, they, they had to stand yes. for the Lord under <laughs> immense persecution. Yeah. And um, they didn't care about money. They didn't care about success. They just wanted to honor the Lord. So let me say this. I feel compelled because this is just, I guess it's my personality. Not that it's not a lack of self-control. It's just, I feel compelled, right? So I believe that there are still gifts that are in operation because I don't, a couple reasons, and I only want to say this is because I don't want to be dishonest to myself. Like sometimes if we're quiet, we're yeah. like, you know, so the, the reason for that is because I don't see anywhere in scripture where we are specifically told that you would no longer see that with the canon of scripture. I've had people tell me that and I'm like, but what's the book chapter and verse and, and the time yeah. period. And so I'm, I'm always looking for that. But then two, I know that there are the realities of what God is doing all around the world that is mm -hmm. different from American Christianity. Now, I'm not talking about places yeah. where false theology has <laughs> right. like, you know, entered in and people are way <laughs> off the rails because we see that happening in yeah. certainly a lot of African countries. But I, I know mm -hmm. that people are sharing testimonies of things like encounters with Jesus, where they do oh, yeah. see yeah. people uh, being healed and they, they are seeing demons cast out and, and they are seeing maybe words of knowledge might make people feel more comfortable and maybe not call it <laughs> prophecy. Um, right. But that's one of the things and I know that that's one of those kind yeah. of doctrinal divides. And I don't know why Will the Great did that. I was just this, curious but... because this is the prophecy, <laughs> prophecy dude. No, here, I, man. <laughs> I think it's a good it's a good discussion. And, you know, and I agree. I, I think people are seeing some legitimate dreams and stuff like that. I, I think, like I said, I, I don't ever want to limit God. He's, he's yeah. omniscient, omnipresent. He can do whatever he wants to do. Yeah. Um, I just, I just, think, and it is an inference to, to answer your question. It is an inference. There's no specific chapter verse other than the one where it says where their tongues, they will cease where their prophecies, they will cease. Um, but it is an inference based on other things. So it's not a, that, that's why I don't break fellowship. Right. Uh, and that's why I even hold that loosely. It's a, it's a loosely held, uh, thing, but kind of just being real with what I see in scripture yeah, yeah. And, and real with what I see in the world. I think, um, and, and there's, a, and there's, a, there's always two extremes, right? We can limit the Holy spirit and say, Oh, you, you're not allowed here. You can't do anything. Right. Or we can blame everything on the Holy spirit and say, I'm, you know, I'm doing everything, but I've, right. I mean, I've, I've, I believe people, there are demons that can be cast out. That's, yes. that's biblical. I don't think that's a, that ended with the canon. Um, so there's, there's a spectrum in there as well. And there, and that's why I said, I, I, 
you know, I disagree with myself sometimes. So <laughs> I, I know, I know, I got to leave leeway with my other brothers and Amen. sisters who. Different things. No, and, I, and honestly, yeah. I think that the closer we get to the end times, mm-hmm. the more supernatural type stuff we're going to see the Lord doing. And I've talked to some missionaries that have seen all kinds of stuff on the Same. front lines, yeah. heard yes. demons, seen demons, seen or or witness, you know, uh, gone to places where the whole tribe f- fled when they were about to kill the missionary. Mm-hmm. And then years later, when they were saved, come to find out they they saw angels all around yes. their house. So. Yes. On, on the front lines of ministry, I believe God, when, when nobody's going to get the glory, but God himself. Amen. I, 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 I think God. that's key. Yeah. I, I think that's Amen. key. And I, and I will tell you, in, in my own, my American Christianity, and I, I've endeavored to stay so close to God's word and not to let my cultural background um, be kind of read into the scriptures. But I've got to tell you, I've had conversations with missionaries. There's one I'm thinking about in particular uh, in India, and she was telling us about what God is doing in India. And this was the first time that we were sitting down and she came over to our home and she's at our dinner table and we're sitting down and we're talking about what God is doing in India. And I didn't know her very well. And so as I was listening to her talk about all of this supernatural stuff that God was doing, Mm -hmm. she's just sharing. I immediately said, what denomination are you? Like in other words, (laughs) that was my gut reaction. And she goes, we don't know anything about denominations. She goes, I'm only telling you what God is doing, you know? And so, so it really kind of reshapes the way I think about what God is doing to build his kingdom. Um, But I love the way you put it, you know, we can have these conversations and we're still going to come to have dinner over at the Hampson home. Oh, 100%. Absolutely. Yeah. When you invite us. That's right. Come on. Any minute. Like any minute. Just, you know, I'm kidding. I'm kidding about that. So, anyway, no, I think it's a great question. We love having these conversations, but sometimes, and that's why I'm giving my husband a hard time, they can be very divisive yeah. and, and they can you know, lead to name calling and people calling into question whether or not you're a believer. And I don't think Mm -hmm. that's productive in the kingdom of God. You know, I think anyway, so. And maybe that's why God allowed uh, Will to just take this completely off track because (laughs) he wanted to demonstrate, hey, believers can have these discussions and love each other and and learn from each other. That's that's key. Amen. Uh, and, And it's important to make distinctions where scripture is crystal clear or where there's more of an inference gathered by uh, several things or, or a deeper study or something like that. Yeah. And that, you know, I always, I often joke, you know, in revelation, when it talks about there's 30 minutes of silence in heaven, <laughs> I always joke and I say, that's so those of us who teach Bible prophecy can update our charts wherever we are. <laughs> I love it. No, that's great. Man, we got to, we got to be humble about it. For sure. Yeah, no, it's so true. I appreciate it. I'm, I'm, I'm glad after all that we were able to talk oh, yeah, a little bit about true. this. I just don't want to keep losing friends everywhere we go. Oh, come on. You know, I just don't want to lose friends. <laughs> losing friends. No, look, let me do this. I, Cause I, I really do want to make sure that parents get an answer to this question. Um, how yeah. would you, advise a parent to talk to a young kid about what's happening in Israel. They are seeing the news headlines because the parents are watching and the parents are talking about it. And so they pick up things here and there and maybe mm-hmm. they hear, you know, it's possible that we're on the brink of World War Three, mm-hmm. and, and so they become alarmed. Yeah. How would you advise parents to address those issues with their kids? Yeah, I would say be super careful about how much news is on when there's little ones in the room, because you never know what they're sponges, you know, they're soaking all that in. That's right. You don't know what, and you don't know a lot of them, like my daughter in particular, when she was little, she was very reserved. You can never tell what, what was going (laughs) on behind the eyes. 
and then it would always come out later, you know? So you yes. gotta, gotta be careful and assume that you need to, you need to be a safe place for them to land. You need to filter what they're hearing and what you're hearing through your loving guidance towards them so that, so that they know, Hey, we're okay. You know, and honestly, if you watch any war movie, the, the leaders, even in the middle of battle, when people are, you know, bad stuff's happening all around them, the good leaders still, even if they're faking it, <laughs> they fake it till they make it. They put on a good face for the people that they're leading mm. and they lead that way. And and sometimes we have to lead into an emotion, not from an emotion. Mm -hmm. You know, it's easy to be fearful ourselves, but we need to, we need to remind ourselves to trust God's word. And again, they are mirrors of us. So I think the more that we say, Hey, you know, th there's some bad stuff going on, but Hey, this is a fallen world. Bad stuff's been going on for a long time. A lot of times people overstate how bad things are and it sounds a little scary, but just know that God's in control and he loves you and he's got a plan for all this. And we're here right now on purpose. He knows why he created us at this time so we can rest in that. Amen. So I think you just model it that way. I want to wrap up with a question that we ask each one of our guests, Todd, um, in God's word. We know that God's word is profitable for teaching and rebuking, correcting and training in righteousness. What are you reading right now or what have you read recently that's done one of those four things or if not all four of them uh, that you want to share with Ooh. us? Yeah, that's a great question. Two come to mind. One, and I referenced this verse earlier uh, when it says he, for the door, I mean, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. You know, we go back to Garden of Gethsemane when, when Jesus said not, you know, he was wrestling with it, the, what he was about to face. And he mm -hmm. said, but not my will, but yours be done. Yeah. And then you read this verse in Hebrews. We said, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. That challenged me to really think through, you know, we face temptation every day. We face struggles every day. Uh, temptations of all different sorts. Everybody's different. But the enemy wants us to focus on that that's right in front of you, the the trial, the struggle, the, the, the depression, or whatever it is that mm. you're tempted to give into. When we can, but if we can look past that for the joy of what's on the other side, if I obey God here, look what he's going to do over here. I, mm. I want God's favor more than I want this right here. You know, I want God to be glorified. I want to be used by God for years to come. I want to finish strong. I can't mm. do that if I let this over here trip me up. Yeah. Um, so that, that has spoken to me. And I was taking a class recently, last semester, and it was, we were going through the book of Romans and we studied, I think it's chapter six is all about God's holiness or I forget what chapter, but we, we studied God's holiness for like a whole week. Mm -hmm. And then we studied um, sin for a whole week. And I had a fresh understanding of, you know, I'm so used to saying, you know, our sins put Jesus on the cross. But all of a sudden, when I when I camped out on God's holiness and saw how far separated we are from how good he really is and mm. what gifts we have, all of a sudden I started thinking my sin put him on the cross, not just sin in general. Mm. What I do, what I, the, the wrong things that I've done, that's what put him on the cross. Mm. And I'm getting choked up now just thinking of it again. But it lit a fire under me to to even more so to finish strong, to to want to do to lay it all in line for him. So that's Amen. another evidence right there that he when, when when we really grasp what he's done for us. Yes. We don't, he doesn't have to ask us to change. We want to please him. Amen. We want yeah. to finish strong. Yeah. 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 Oh, awesome. that's so good. Awesome. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Todd, thank you so much for this time. We have enjoyed it immensely. Yes. I, I really do appreciate you carving it out for us. Likewise. Thank you so much for having me. I'll come back one anytime. Um, 
Great to meet y'all and consider you my new friends. Awesome. Yes, absolutely. We feel the same way. We're going to send over a couple kids so we can have a <laughs> date night. I'm just, yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Listen, we always like to encourage our listeners that when you resist the cultural trends that rival the truth, you remain culture proof. Until next time, Lord willing. God bless. 